Hello, welcome back to Beyond the Barbell. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, Michael? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, prior to uh, to recording this, I was uh, showing or I was uh, showcasing my expert uh, British accent to Manuela. <laughs> yeah, Hello. it was really good, really good. A few details that we got to work on, but you know, yeah, I have to. Come to, I have to the move. UK, spend some time here, and then. Do you know? One of my goals is to go to Milan and watch the yeah. Inter and AC Milan game in February. So it's like mm -hmm. I want to I want to go like to Milan and then I want to travel where my friends are. So yeah, UK... it's it's so close. It's uh, if you're in Europe, you might as well just do all of it. It's not like yeah. if if people go traveling in South America, they either have to choose to do the rest of South America or just Brazil because. Brazil is so big. I don't even know most of it. I only know South. You don't realize how far South America is because so I, I'm in North America. I'm like, oh, yeah, North America, South America is just you know it's a couple hours down. No, it's like Damn, the it's other so side of the world, far. like it's the other so end. Yeah, even even like between me and you now, there's five hours difference. So yeah, it's so and I just woke up. Yeah, so what that means is I've had about four cups of coffee and you've had only one. So I'm, I'm on my first. I'm on my first. You're still on your first. Um, so today I was thinking of doing something a little bit more practical and actually talking about goals, setting goals and what it takes to get people to their goals. That's usually the first thing when we have a client, a new client intake is they, they come to us because they have a goal in mind. It can be a body composition goal. It can be a competition goal. It can be a race, anything sports specific. So I think it's important to dig a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. yeah I think, you know, this is something that I've also been thinking about. It's funny how we're doing a podcast on it. I've been thinking about this, even like with my current clients and, and clients that I'm trying to get to, to their goals. I wonder what the percentage of uh, general population who actually achieve their goals. Like, you know, uh, in the past, I've had people, I've had clients where um, after about a couple years with me, I could tell that they weren't really there to achieve their goals, like, concretely. Mm -hmm. It was more about having uh, somebody there to hang out with, to mm -hmm. chat with. They knew that they had to work out. So, like, it was more of, like, a health thing. Yeah. More so than like a body, re like, even though, even though they had body composition goals, mm -hmm. I feel like that was never at the forefront of. It. They said it was, but their actions never really, yeah, um, kind of uh, coincided with their words. I right? think it was always naturally it changes and it should as you go through it because you know if you do first when they come to us, they might have this on their mind and be very goal focused. As you get into it and you start learning about, you know, fundamentals of training and enjoying your routine and you realize all the difference that that makes in your day-to-day -day life rather than just what your body looks like, but what you can actually do, then you find out there is a lot more to it rather than just getting you from point A to B. Yeah. Also beyond point B, what are you going to do after that? I think that a long-term goal should always be to try and go for long-term health lifestyle changes in general. Yeah. What are, what are your goals at the moment? My, yeah, so really good question. Um, I had this question also on my podcast uh, that I didn't answer. I'll answer it this week on my podcast. But uh, yeah, my current goals are... Um, so I'm doing the rebel series weightlifting program. Mm -hmm. So I want to get really, really strong and athletic at my clean and jerk and my snatch. So from a performance yeah. standpoint, I want, I want those metrics to go up. Mm -hmm. Um, I have metrics that I want to hit for like my squad. I want to hit certain percentages, but then at the same time, I also want to get super, um, like ja I, I want to get juicy as we say. Nice. So I, I, I want, I want to put on some muscle without getting fat. That's really my goal. So like this past couple, and you know what's funny? You don't realize how quick you can do that. And maybe for us, because we're kind of seasoned in this, I, I've, I've eaten really well for the last two weeks. And when I say eaten well, not that I counted calories, but like I ate way more protein than I normally do. Mm -hmm. uh, and because I ate more protein, I wasn't really as hungry in the evening. And in the evening, I love to snack and I love to eat cookies and stuff. So like I stopped doing that. Yeah. And yeah. I've actually transformed myself and within two weeks, I'm like, oh, this is all it takes is a little bit more planning with my protein. And then everything else kind of falls yeah. into place. Actually, 
it, it, so it's been really nice. So but yeah, so my goal is uh, performance, but then also I want to get like super juicy. Brilliant. And how easy is that for you to switch that mindset to like, all right, now I have a go and I'm going for it. And how easy do you fit that into your busy lifestyle and working and everything else around that? Yeah, uh, super easy. For, for me, like once I flip a switch, I'm on. Mm-hmm. And I never look at what I have to do from like a, um, you know, like, I, week to week I don't to make week. this a... a I don't make this a tedious task. So if I know that I have to get strong in my squat and I want to get jacked, I just switch my lifestyle towards that. Doesn't mean that I'm neurotic and I start, uh, you know, meal prepping in Tupperwares and make all mm-hmm. these little like, uh, like these 25 ingredient uh, overnight oats. And, I, and I, yeah. I don't change my life. I just eat what I normally eat, just maybe less of or more of. Like it just, it's, I don't change much, but people, I feel like people go wrong and maybe we can get into this later on mm-hmm. in, in, in the podcast is that people like they make a goal. Okay. I want to lose 20 pounds. They start adding stupid shit into their life that they've never done. Yeah. Out of like, nowhere. Not, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I heard that my friend does gluten free. So I'm going to do gluten free. Yeah. Like, why the fuck are you like? Yeah. And now lactose, lactose, I can't do lactose anymore because apparently that's bad for you. It's always the thing, the trendy thing. And without Mm. having any structure, just blindly following something, hoping that that would work. Whereas in fact, you should try not try and fit your lifestyle around a diet, but find a diet that fits into your lifestyle. Because then in that way, like you said, it's just a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that. And starting with small changes that will actually make a big difference in the long term, rather than just going from zero to everything at once. I think this is, and the key point to that is structure, finding a structure that that works for you and also prioritizing. Like you said, right now, your priorities are, you know, your squats and the percentages that you're hitting and your lifts and everything like that. So everything else around it, you're going to try to do your best. So you get the best results out of that, that, that part of your training. So your rest, your nutrition and everything kind of falls into place because now you have yeah. that go. Do you that's, have like, a, exactly. do you have like a deadline or are you just following a program that is like, no, uh, my deadline is so that I die. Um, uh, nice. It's like, cause you get like, you get results really fast. I think if people yeah. actually apply themselves, you get results pretty fast. Like, mm-hmm. what are your goals? So at the moment, I have like different goals. Of, I guess it's good to have something to focus towards and to, to work towards. And last time, I'd say uh, about a couple of months ago, uh, about eight weeks ago, I had a goal of squatting over 1.5 my body weight and deadlifting double my body weight and I'm still working on benching my body weight so (laughs) that one I'm not quite there yet but um as soon as I achieved that so I got to deadlifting double my body weight and and then after that I was like okay that's done. I, I'm now going to change the approach, change my workout and just focus on something else and just being focusing on hypertrophy instead. So just working on building my body. Uh, so actually working on the bits that I want more like lower body and actually following more of a like a bodybuilding kind of structure, mm-hmm. but just for shits and gigs. So yeah. How, how do you switch your mind to like saying, okay, this is my goal. I'm going to do it. So that's the thing is it's, it actually takes me sitting down and asking, okay, now I achieved this. What do I do next? And what's the next step? We know ourselves how to put this together, but, and this is what we do with clients, but with ourselves, we also need to take a step back, sit down and have that conversation of like, right, what do I want to do? What is going to take to get there? And realistically, what's the timeline that I want to get there by and et cetera. So I'm going to Brazil in 13 weeks. So I've put on the next program that I started this week, actually, I created a full mesocycle of like week one up until week 13 and how I'm going to approach the percentages as I get there, how I'm going to manipulate the intensity, uh, the frequency of my training, where am I going to 
add cardio and obviously focus on the mm-hmm. rest periods and everything like that. So uh, it's also something is is doing what we do with clients, but with ourselves and just sitting down and actually having a consultation um, with ourselves in that ter- mm-hmm. in those terms. I like that. Um, yeah. But I think the main thing there, like like you mentioned, is not going from nothing to all at once and not having because I'm not going all right in two weeks time I want to be benching my my body weight which is something that I haven't got yet I know that that's not going to be possible even if I'm benching every day I know that there's steps to get there and there is point a b c and d and I know that for example in the same thing with a diet I can't just expect to change my body within a week or two, especially if I'm not willing to prioritize that. So it's give and take. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny how um, I'm sure you're the same as me, but when I follow a structure, so for example, uh, the Rebel Series weightlifting is programmed by uh, Gino Suarez. Mm-hmm. And even though it's my program, it's my brand, because it's, it's programmed by another coach, when I go on the app to follow it, I don't really have an idea of what's on there. Right. So I didn't really program it. So, so it's actually, I'm like, okay, today I got to do front squats. I got to do overhead mm-hmm. press. I'm like, oh, great. And then I, it's so easy for me to follow because it's almost like a paint by numbers. Yeah. And so like when you have, like you said, like your 13 week whole cycle, it's like, well, you just follow the program. Yeah. Yes. You're going to have emotions. You're going to have whatever mm-hmm. happen. But if you can be what, 80% consistent with that program you're going to see really great results imagine if you did if you stuck to it consistently for nine weeks out of the 13 or 10 weeks out of the 13 weeks like you're going to see big gains right yeah and i like to pencil it in i literally write it down and pencil it in just in case i actually got it i'll post it pencil Mm. it in instead of putting it on an excel sheet or something like that because then in that way I can, like you said, plan for the variables, plan for the things that can happen. And this is something that, yes, we do with clients as well, where by week three or week four, for example, then if it's a woman, they they get their period or I then need to manipulate intensity, then I might not be going on like on exactly what I planned. But then that's when we're ready to kind of take a step back. And like you said, I think it's very important that you have someone obviously it takes a lot more discipline if it's ourselves planning for ourselves because we can be very kind of soft with ourselves. For example, oh, I don't really feel like doing this today. I, I would just do the other one. It's fine. You know, I don't have anybody else to respond to. Whereas if you have someone else like a coach or even a friend to keep you accountable and be like, it doesn't matter if you don't want to do this today, this is scheduled for today. And this is what we're following, then it's a lot more likely than you're going to keep on track. It, it just makes my life that much more um, simple. And, yeah. and even like when I start my workout, it's almost like, um, like a meditative state where it's like, hey, just go step by step. Have you ever been to yeah. the gym and you just sort of sporadically do random stuff? Mm. You almost don't feel complete as a as a person within that hour like i did that on yeah. saturday i went to the gym because I, I did my whole program like you know what i just want to go and like just mess around with some body parts but even though i like and i knew what i was doing right but you know i because i was just sporadically going to machine to machine or whatever i'm like oh this kind of sucks like i couldn't do this every day because yeah. i felt lost yeah you don't feel nice. as focused no you don't yeah you know and, and like when you know that like there's a natural rhythm to the workout. And when you can mm-hmm. follow that rhythm of like, hey, like warm up into your main lift, high intensity, yeah. and then you kind of, yeah. qual- it's like you prep yourself mentally to know what's to come. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, I just got to get through the next three to four sets of this hard stuff. And then I can kind of like, you know, cool down from that. That's, so I think yeah. it's important to have that. A hundred percent. And we are very biased to choose the things that we want and like to do and leave aside the things that we deem to be not as important or you know that we don't enjoy doing as much for example copenhagen planks if i I don't have that if i hate it if i don't have that written down and being like you are gonna do 30 to 45 seconds of copenhagen planks planks on this day no matter what then i'm i'm just not gonna do it if i leave it as like my last exercise I, I like to put my last exercise as something that I like doing because if I put something that I don't like for last, then 
I'm just not going to do it. What, I'm just going to walk out the gym. <laughs> what exercise would you, like could you do all day every day? Like like what what's that one that you and just love doing? Cows. Really? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Or now, RDLs or any yeah. yeah. Any lower body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do do like a lower body workout. It's, it's nice. Good. Yeah. So yeah, I think having having a structure is very important. And talking about that, what do you think is the order of importance when you when you're building a program for someone or for yourself in terms of you know go exercise selection exercise variety technique um it's um it'll depend on the person Mm. but uh what i try to establish early on with whether it's a beginner intermediate or or an advanced i always try to establish what their what their intensity output is so if somebody's brand new with me i just try to get them to understand that hey this is a level of intensity you should be at Mm -hmm. if you're looking to change your goals right and so that's when it'll it'll change from an exercise selection standpoint because if someone's pure beginner i want to get them on machines most likely Mm -hmm. so they can actually exercise and one thing that I've, i've really changed my mind on with beginners is um not giving them this like very um, uh, prehab oh, type, like, oh, hey, let's yeah. go on the floor and do some like breathing and mm-hmm. core work. Yes, we'll do that a little bit, but I want to get them to exercise. Yeah. And, yeah. and so if I can get them on a machine and just experience what it is to push a little bit within their fitness mm-hmm. level, of course, then it's like, oh, this is what you should be doing. Because I think, I think clients get bored of yeah. the, clinical well first we have to make sure your joints are in place before it we has to be like, engaging of course you don't want yeah, them like, to be dreading to go to the gym or be thinking oh for god's sake i need to do this today like imagine if imagine if you had to go to the gym every so so you have a goal that you want to pack on some muscle for brazil in 13 mm-hmm. weeks so you have this like i'm like i'm so excited to get break because like we're human we have this like intrinsic mm-hmm. need to like whatever right but instead i and i write your program up and I'm like, okay, uh, for the first five weeks, we're just going to do some deep breathing drills. We're going to do some uh, thread the needles. And then we're going to practice your squat skill. <laughs> but like, you're, it's not, that's not fun. You're not going to see yeah. results. So it's like, totally. I feel like, I'd fall off the wagon so quick. So, so first and foremost, uh, I, I just, intensity is number one for me. And then mm-hmm. I kind of work around that. And, um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, I think no, it, yeah, I try totally. to teach intensity. Yeah. And, and then everything else kind of falls into place from that. Cause, cause then I can figure out, okay, like what exercise they really need. And it takes about two to four weeks to find that sweet, sweet spot where you might overshoot at first. I think we've all been there where we actually prescribe something thinking that the person is like up here when they're like, you know, I'm, I'm super advanced. I used to do lots of like, classes and i used to go yeah. to the gym and i used and you're like okay you do the assessment they're moving well and you're like right so i think this person is at this point and you start them on let's say d when in actually they should be on b and then suddenly they get there and they're aching for four days and going oh my god this is too much and you're like okay let's take a step back then and until you find that sweet spot where they are getting results they are entertained they are enjoying it um you know it's not that tedious thing and also it's not too much because it's easy to go overboard as well yeah um yeah i agree with that how do you start equation is good um how do you start with with the client Like, like what's your so after the assessment and seeing what their lifestyle is like as well because sometimes it depends on their activity levels outside of the gym too because you know it depends on how sedentary they are or what they do if they if they also like running or if they it generally don't do it just for calories but enjoy the act of running or cycling or something like that taking that into account and working out how we're going to fit fit that around and sometimes you know you talk to someone and they they're so willing they're so ready to go and they go yeah I want to do five times a week and you know I'm going to stick to five times a week and explaining that then starting with two or three times a week full body program and then slowly building up to that high volume will be a lot more beneficial for them 
then starting all out because there is no where else are we going to go after that right right so and then actually explaining what is going to be like each step of the way the progressions what intensity like you said explaining the intensity what intensity we're trying to hit at the first kind of part of it first two weeks um and then where we're going from there what we're expecting to get by week six six seven eight where we're expecting to be kind of thing i think explaining that not just giving them Mm. is very important because then they know what's going on and they know what you're expecting from them and in that way they will more likely follow it because they they know there's an equation around it do you know what i mean yeah other than just like it's okay if i skip this one or it's okay if i skip the next one uh i think that's very important and then in terms of order of importance i think like that obviously their goal takes mm-hmm. um takes like the most important thing there and then uh the exercise selection is important but exercise variety is not important at all obviously we know that we've been probably doing the same 10 to 15 exercises in rotation for years and decades but you know people get bored of that so sometimes having changing the program slightly after six weeks we're changing it just to make it more entertaining for the clients to stick to it's like changing a barbell rdl to a dumbbell rdl it's gonna pretty much have the same stimulus and we're achieving the same thing that we want which is you know challenging the hamstring and the glutes in the length and position but you now perceive it as different you think mm. is different so you get excited by it you know yeah yeah it's it's this is such a weird industry because there's like you only have so many things that you can do in a, in a gym from yeah. exercise selection mm-hmm. if you want like really good exercise selection mm-hmm. um like your muscles only move move in certain ways like you're not gonna like mm-hmm. I, I think i think people and i always battle with this even myself um like when i read up programs is people want entertainment they want distraction mm-hmm. when it comes to their fitness which yes i can understand if you like want it as a um, stress reliever and you always want to have mm-hmm. some fun but like find another avenue in your life where you can actually have real fun yeah. not don't, like don't use like for us this is fun exercise is fun mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna say it's like the number one fun that i love to have like yeah. i have yeah. like i have other things i do for fun that don't require like me sweating yeah you know? exactly yeah. maybe no never mind <laughs> <laughs> you know but like so so it's like i try to i try to it, it, i try to tell people find fun in learning the skill of a movement or getting better at a movement but don't don't seek fun in the sense of like jumping around on a bosu ball because of course, that, that's when you see all those like personal trainers that go viral going this is the best exercise for, or my biggest pet peeve is like the reverse lunge to curl, to bicep curl. It's like, first of all, why are you putting those two exercises together? Second, you're completely underloading one one muscle and or overloading another muscle that doesn't need to. It's like, it doesn't make sense, but somehow people think it's fun to do a reverse lunge and then go straight into a curl is is different what is fun to what is effective and i think this is something that has to be clear from the get-go yeah what is going to get the best results to you might not be the most fun things but you know you find joy in them because you start seeing the results you start seeing and that motivates you to keep on going along that plane plan or just yeah. keep on going in general i'm gonna go on a rant here because that just made me Ooh, think yes, of something so so i've been i've been uh I, I tested out this health club in the city it's called mavadi it's it's a chain um across ontario and so i went for a week trial just mm-hmm. to test it out. And this place is like super pretty. It's fancy, but it's got a lot of wasted space. So it's just, it's like, it's, it's your classic, uh, kind of like a health club where you go. Cause you want to show people that you go to this gym, yeah. mm-hmm. but 
you know, and I never realized that trainers are dumbasses because I've been in my own facility. I, I, I curated my own thought process about like what training is. Mm-hmm. And then I step into commercial gyms again for like, it's been 10 years since I've been in commercial gyms. And every trainer that I saw there was either doing on one hand, they were doing all these stupid foam rolling in mm-hmm. like banded distraction, mobilization drills for like 20 minutes with their clients. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, they were doing these like, like you said, these dumb variations of, you know, uh, reverse lunge to curl press. Mm-hmm. And, and these trainers themselves don't look the part, which, okay, I can understand that. Maybe you don't have to look the part, but maybe you should look the part, in my opinion. Mm. Number two, they didn't give a fuck. They, they, they were literally, um, so like, uh, I was doing some biceps on the, on the preacher curl machine, and I was literally looking at this one trainer um, uh, uh, giving his client hamstring curls, lying hamstring curls. Yeah, on their were, palms, please don't. They were crouched down, not even looking at them, oh, just looking around and counting out loud. One, two. Oh my yeah, you're good. But they weren't even like like. And I'm just like, anyways. And I'm like, and I'm like, these clients. And also, are they rel- end up looking like clowns because then they end up being that like trying to be the fun guy to entertain their clients when in fact you know for a fact that they're not they're not doing much that they're just paying. And, 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 and I guess what pisses me off the most and why I take this to heart is because I looked at all the demographic of client, whether they were female or male, mm. they all had a couple things in common. They were very insecure because you could tell by the way their, their body language was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell they weren't good at fitness because yeah. they don't, right? Uh, and number three, they were um, socially awkward mm. in the sense of like, 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 in fitness, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they were relying on this quote-unquote professional to give them some confidence in in exercise yeah. and teach yeah. them how whatever. And they all did a piss poor job at that. Yeah, of and course. These people, that was not have, helping them at all. No. Clients are going to go into their next training. So, so if they if they did like a ten pack and they they're, they're going to go into their next journey in fitness, still not understanding what this whole thing is. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why, and that's why I, I call bullshit out. It's not because I want to make fun of these idiot trainers. It's because it's because I care about the client who's not receiving the eighty dollars mm-hmm. worth of what they're paying for that session. Yeah, exactly. I think, and there's two things that come out of that. First one is those clients or those trainers are still perceiving or portraying that the idea that you're there at the gym just to burn calories. And the last thing you should be worried about at the gym is the calories that you burn. The gym should be a place for you to focus, to build your strength, focus on yourself, focus on those movements, get better at the movements and get better at your lifts and not just how many calories can I burn in the space of 45 minutes? You know, because what what matters is then that is one hour of the day. That is not even 20% of your total daily energy expenditure. Mm -hmm. What about the other 23 hours of the day? That's when you should be worrying about being more active, not when you're there. When you're at the gym, you should be focusing on what you're doing and how to optimize, like focus on your muscle. How do you feel them? How do you, you know, improve that muscle, that mind muscle connection and etc. And trainers who just want to, you know, get people to jump around for no reason uh, is just not and not educating not working on okay you like to jump around we'll do a little bit of jumping around at the end of the workout if that's what you want to do but we're yeah. prioritizing on this right now because this is what actually going to get you to the right results this is what actually going to get you to feel better to feel more energetic in the long term and the second thing coming off of that is like you said they still after that hour or, or, you know, even after four months or five, six months mm-hmm. of training with that, with that professional quote unquote professional, they're still lost. They still don't know what to do. This is actually uh, thinking back of when I came up with the idea for this podcast, uh, it was about two days ago, you know, I'm getting older. My ex, my um, birthday is on Thursday, so I, you're not getting older. You're 26. No, you're I'm not. Getting, I'm getting old. I'm feeling <laughs> in my joints already. My knee started hurting. I know it's the age. So before I went to bed, I was like, I, I better start looking after my skin because I never did any skincare. I don't care for that. I don't wear much makeup. But I was like, 
you know, maybe I should start thinking about wrinkles. So I went on the internet and literally, if you type skincare routine or anything to do with skincare, there's so much information. Use this, don't use that. Go for this product, don't go for that product. Uh, Three steps for perfect skin. And I was like, oh my God, this is what people feel like when they first come across fitness and they think, okay, lose fat and put that on Google or build muscle, throw that on Google. See the rabbit hole that you're going to get into is so much information and it's so easy to fall in, in the hands of someone who doesn't know what they're talking about or doesn't know enough and doesn't actually want to help you for the right reasons. Right. So that was just a moment that, that my head just went, Oh shit. So that's what it feels like to, not know anything about a subject like this you know um and yeah it's just very it's a confusing world out there but in terms of choosing the right professional I think that's at least at the start when you're learning the foundations I think that's a key thing there yeah it's we're we're in such a weird industry and and then it's funny because you have you have the people that don't know what they're doing and they do all this like quote quote unquote fun stuff with their clients who aren't really getting results Hmm. but then to overcompensate for that you have those that are really smart and almost know too much and end up creating like a a a physiotherapy plan as opposed to an exercise plan and so you have these like so if somebody had to choose between physiotherapy and the douchebag trainer mm-hmm. who was doing a bunch of circus acts, they're mm-hmm. always going to pick the douchebag trainer because of it's course. perceived as more fun. So it's like, I think yeah. the smart people have to kind of yeah. meet in the middle and say, okay, like, how can I make this more engaging and much more like, because I think mm-hmm. you can make it fun when you teach a client, wow, like I can actually push myself. I feel good pushing myself on a leg press or like, wow, this really burned, but like, well, I'm, I'm, I feel good that I did that. I think that's how you get people to have fun with it because like, well, it's like, they, like they want to see how much more they can push. Yeah, over, these are the you best know. sessions. And also when you like, you know your stuff, but you don't have to be showing that all the time with like complicated language that they're just going to be looking at you saying, I don't care about that. I just came here to lift some shit. Like, you know, um, and you don't have to be explaining right now. What we're going to do is exactly this to target this bit. And I want you to like externally rotate. Like you, if you can see and, you know, uh, adjust that as you go, they don't need to know why they're doing that or, you know, they, they just let them do the movement, enjoy the movement, throw the kitchen sink at it. And then you give feedback on like, this is why we did it or, or stuff yeah. like that, because too much detail all at, all at once can be overwhelming. And then, like you said, it can also be uh, a party pooper to just like take too many steps back and focus too much on the details that people don't need. Athletes are different. Like we're talking about gen, gen pop here. Mm-hmm. Athletes will have to have those small details and very long sessions of focusing on the smallest bits because that that's what their life is dedicated for. Whereas for general population, mm-hmm. you're there to have some fun, build your body, build your strength, and, you know, maybe get better at some things in the meanwhile. And I guess hopefully, uh, I guess like what, what I try to do also is try to get them to, um, it, if I can get somebody to push themselves in the gym, I'm hoping that that'll change their mindset and trickle into the rest of their day. I'm hoping that I can impart that yeah. because I feel like that's where they're going to be like, okay, like, wow, like I feel really good about myself in this session. I pushed myself. I thought I couldn't do it, but I did it let me see how I can carry this on into like my work, my nutrition, mm-hmm. my whatever. Right. I think that's, that's what I also focus on. Exactly. Yeah. And really good coming out of that. That's a really good point because, you know, sometimes people perceive exercise as something that they have to punish their, themselves with, or they need to go, you know, sweating loads, finish their exercise all tired. Now I, I've been a slave of that mindset before as well. I think I've been a, a, a cardio bunny because my mom used to be a cardio bunny and I thought that was the only way that you could exercise. And then when you uh, when you switch from being uh, 
exercising just like but 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 one thing after the other very quick very quick to actually focusing on one movement doing eight 10 12 reps of a movement taking a, a minute rest a minute and a half is a big switch where your mind was gonna go is gonna go wait but I'm not moving all the time what am I doing I'm not I'm not burning all those calories what am I doing but it's a mindset a mind, mindset switch that needs to happen to happen because otherwise you just end up always chasing the sweat chasing the calories or chasing being tired and you're just going to run yourself into a wall that's not going to last in the in the long term you know where are you going to go from there there's not much progression happening at all yeah i, I agree with that 100 uh, i want to switch it up a little bit and ask you a question go and this maybe we're going to get into anyways uh like the fitness part can be somewhat easy especially if, if they're hiring a, a trainer okay mm-hmm. um i guess I want to go into the direction that I want to go into because I think this is what people really care more about is how do you specifically structure someone's lifestyle slash nutrition when they have a certain goal? So if they have a goal of, let's say, body recomposition, obviously you got to set them to, okay, like this might take longer than three months, four months, six months, might take you like five years if you, if you, like if they, if they're serious about like really transforming how they look. But yeah. how do you get somebody to, to, to start shifting their mindset into their lifestyle slash nutrition? Yeah, like, I what, think like, it's what? a matter of uh, like, first of all, a conversation of, are you ready to prioritize this goal now that you're telling me you have this goal? And are you ready to not only take part on the exercising part, but actually change your nutrition and your eating habits around that and your eating behaviors? And not in, in a way that they're changing their entire lives around it, but it's a conversation of what do you have every day? What do you have for breakfast? What do you have for lunch? How about we implement a little bit more, uh, you know, protein in your breakfast? How about we add more vegetables into your lunch and add one snack that is rich in protein? And this is why we're doing it. And also, I think, have you read that book, Atomic Habits? No. So that is a very good book. I recommend for most uh, of my clients when we're starting this, uh, this process of chasing their goals, because it basically goes into how you make big changes to your life by implementing small changes day to day, like changes that you will not realize that are even happening. So for example, if I know that I need to drink more water, but I don't know how to schedule it in my day, I will pair this with small habits that I do already anyways. So for example, I'll brush my teeth and then after I brush my teeth, I'll have a glass of water. I'll then have breakfast and after I have breakfast, I'll have another glass of water. I'll sit down for work and before I start my day of working in the desk or something, I'll have another glass of water. And actually... uh, Pairing habits like that is is very is very good and it's been proven to work oh, wow. long term. And then every day going like small steps. So for example, instead of going for going at someone when we're having a conversation and saying, I want you to increase your water intake, increase your protein intake, increase your vegetable intake, increase your step count. Instead of doing all that at once, it's taking this week, we're gonna focus on just this just do your workouts and just focus on your 10,000 steps a day that's it like nothing else oh but I can do more I know you can do more I'm not saying you can't but I'm saying I want you to consistently focus on that until it becomes kind of second nature or it becomes part of your routine and then once that habit is actually in there and you realize the difference that it makes and you realize that that makes you feel better and everything then we implement another habit rather than just going all at once and then there's too much for them to focus on and they end up losing focus altogether what about you yeah i like that um so i i still struggle with helping people implement lifestyle into the into their life like Mm -hmm. nutrition wise just because i'm not qualified Mm. In, and and I, and I honestly feel like people just need to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and do what they know they have. Because my demographic of people are 
privileged people that are smart. Yeah. I'm not dealing with like people that have been traumatized with, I don't know, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. I just feel like I have very, I have little sympathy mm-hmm. for people Yeah. because it's like yeah. you, like if you really want it, you know what you need to do. But like, I try to also like help them, obviously I help them, yeah, with, yeah. you know, but, but I'm, I, I, it's tough love. Like I give them a lot yeah. of tough love. I don't sugarcoat anything. Cause I, I, cause I can't, cause I can't stand when I complain about shit to myself. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't like it when people complain to me about their shit. Oh yeah. So um, I'm, a, I'm trying to get better at that. I have a, a kind of like balanced approach where some people, I know that some people need a selling off every now and then. Uh, but I'm a big fan of a holistic approach, especially because uh, a few clients that come to me, they also have a bad, it depends on obviously when we sit down and talk about what their experience has been like and around food and around training. And then something might arise, for example, like a bad relationship with food or a binge behavior pattern or, right. uh, you know, binge restrict cycle or the tendency to hop in and off diets. And then it's about, for me, it's about digging a little bit deeper and seeing sometimes what they need uh, of like behavior wise, rather than what is what they like, just giving them a plan or something to follow, you know, because it's very easy to get people kind of like putting the responsibility on you once you give them a plan and something to eat exactly because it's easy to follow a plan from you know breakfast have this lunch have this dinner have this but where are you learning from that you're not learning anything and then what it when you get bored of those foods or when something happens you have a you have a holiday or something you don't know what to do then because you don't have that plan on your hands then you feel lost then you end up going overboard and eating everything that you can see because that all causes anxiety so yeah. my my approach most of the time is sitting down talking about kind of addressing what their behaviors are like where that might be stemming from and then how to kind of change make changes that are going to be long lasting and educating about nutrients not only just being like because people underestimate the things how much the things that they eat impact them with their behaviors and their body as well so just explaining how to nourish ourselves rather than just eat for fuel or just eat what we want to at the time that we want to you know there is a place and a time to restrict yourself to say no to some things and say yes to other things and why would you go for those foods and etc so it's a long is a long time approach that sometimes is not what people want people just want to be told what to do and do that but then if if that's the case with them then i might not be the right professional for them because yeah. i'm trying to work on things that are going to be long lasting and not work on things that you know transformation that's going to get you there in six weeks and then give you an 800 calorie diet that's going to put you in a binge restrict cycle for the rest of their life yeah you know what you just said is a big heavy topic because it's it's you're dealing with someone's behavior and psychology and like we don't know like i i don't know how to deal with someone's food behavior anxiety i mean Mm. i i I remember even dating uh, an ex of mine back like six seven years ago who had some like really bad um, food behavior like relationship with food and like that was exhausting for me as a boyfriend right like it oh, was yeah. so like it's uh like i feel like outside of me just understanding and being like hey i'm here with you to help you through this mm. i i honestly believe that they need a therapist to yeah. go through that yeah. no, than, than me like in like some cases yes mm-hmm. you know and and then i think people i don't know it's like and i always come to, and i hate that i say this and i because i feel like such a douchebag saying this but i truly believe people know what they need to do but they mask it based off of like it's like oh well it's like they always use it's like i can't do this because of this or like, mm-hmm. i can't do this because i have bad relationship with food it's like just shut yeah. the fuck up and do yeah. it like like i'm you know and and i hate saying that because i feel like i need to be this 
because everybody's all about like lovey-dovey self-love yeah. bullshit on the it's like mm -hmm. and i feel like when i'm not like that i feel like i'm the outsider who is doing something wrong but i'm like i i think when you we, no, we that's we, the way you are it's fine but, but like all this self-love bullshit that we're giving on the internet i think is detrimental to people's well-being yeah, yeah because no, there is definitely a line there there is a line there because people like and we gotta be very careful on the internet with like what because now all you see is like this is problematic. This behavior is problematic. This means you have that, like people self-diagnosing and identifying as something when that might not be the case. So it's never a case that I'll go to them and say, look, I think you have this or look, I think you have that and we should treat that. But just through having a conversation off, here's why this would be beneficial and here's why that would be beneficial mm. but not saying oh yes you do have an and binging behavior problem is not diagnosing but just helping people find their own way of getting better and obviously in some cases extreme cases uh then referring to to therapists or someone that can actually help a little bit better with that because most cases is not that most cases they're not you do know they don't have an eating disorder or a disordered way of eating. It's more a case where they're just lost because they've been reading yeah. things for so long and, and they can't implement that in, in their lifestyle when they think they should. And it's, it's, that's not the case. They just need a little bit of guidance. So I'm there to guide them in that way, but never there to do the job for them or, you know something like that. I like that you said that they they feel lost because I think that that's what it really is. And you can tell when someone's lost when they try everything every other week. It's like they go through the same list of things that everybody says. Well, uh I meditate, I journal, mm -hmm. uh you know, I have a, a sleep schedule. It's like, mm -hmm. man, I have none of that. Yeah. I have yeah. absolutely none of that. I just know where I want to go. Exactly. And then I like a compass my body goes and I turn towards that goal and I just keep walking yeah, and everything exactly. just, you know what I mean? So, and, and, and maybe yeah. I'm simplifying that and maybe, you know, I have some skin in the game and I, but with business, I'm the same way. It's like, Oh, I have a direction. Let me turn my body towards that direction and just walk. Yeah, it totally you know, makes like, sense. Yeah. And what if, what if you encounter something and what if you have slip ups, what do you do? Uh, in, in the sense of what, like, like explain a slip up, like if well, I, well, for example, if you have that goal and then there's something that you didn't expect, you didn't see coming, let's say worst case scenario, an injury, right? Oh, uh, you mean, you mean when life gets in the way? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you yeah. Mean life, life just happens. Yeah. I don't know. I just, <laughs> when I, shit happens. Yeah. That's guess what? Your compass is still directed towards that goal and you just mm -hmm. keep walking. Mm -hmm. You just keep walking towards it. Like, Exactly. It, I, it, and this is why it, like with my brand like with common i preach so much about meaningful pursuits because i don't feel like i need to um like i'm getting pulled towards my goal i'm not i'm not having to force myself to walk there i'm being literally like if i try to stray away no matter how much bullshit i take no matter no matter how much shit i take no matter how difficult it's been it's, it's like I'm attached to a string and it just keeps pulling me. Or it's like a magnet. And it's almost like the, the solar system. You know, it's a gravitational pull. It's just, I'm always, doesn't matter if I try to run away from it. And trust me, I run away from this stuff. Like, the, the you know, like if I self-sabotage, if I, um, if, if I, like even for business, if I do like busy work, but I know it's not really, I'm, I'm masking, I'm coping what I need to tackle by doing busy work to make myself yeah. feel good. Yeah. In, mm -hmm. But I don't yeah. feel good about it really. Mm -hmm. even, even if when I try to mask all that and I cope with all my insecurities, I'm still saying fuck, and I still and, I, and it's like a gravitational pull towards that goal. I'm like, okay, let me just smarten up, and I'll do what I got to do to yeah. get there. So it's like, but that's me. That's because I know I figured myself out. Mm -hmm. I realized in working with people, it takes people haven't figured themselves out yet, or maybe in certain aspects they have, but not in everything. And so, uh, I just I, sometimes I'm at a loss because it's like, man, like take the time to figure yourself out because that's the first step in all of this is figure yourself yeah. out and, and, and know where your triggers are. Know like what, yeah. what your shortcomings are. I know all my triggers. I know exactly what I do wrong when I go through a hurdle. The, the moment I, I run a challenging hurdle and I'm like, ah, I, I run away. 
and yeah. I know what my coping things are for that. And I'm like, and then I have to self-talk. I'm like, no, Michael. Yeah. You know, so like, I think self-awareness is the first key. And I hate saying that because it's such a cop-out of an answer. I know, but it's true because that's the only way that you're going to be able to address, find the problem and solve the problem, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it is exactly that. And like everything in life is not like, you know, you fail a test back in school. That didn't mean you pulled out school altogether. You know, you didn't make it in one job interview. For example, let's say you were unsuccessful in a job interview. That didn't mean that you stopped looking for jobs for the rest of your life and didn't do any work. So why would it be any different when trying to achieve a body composition or a fitness goal or anything like a competition goal or anything like that? Mm -hmm. You need to plan for failure too. You need to plan that things are going to happen, things are going to get in the way. And what about when that happens, what are you going to do? Because what matters is not what the situation itself is what it comes after that. What is the approach after that? You know, how are you going to pull yourself up and how are you going to carry on going? And, you know, it's always, these things always happen without us knowing or without you being able to prepare, but being self-aware and knowing what, how to get out of there is already one way to prevent it from happening because you can see it coming that way if you know what I mean. and even and even to like double down on that is when when you do slip up and because like we're all gonna slip up right like i like i i go off the rocker and i and i do things that i know i shouldn't be doing but i think the most important is how do you how do you manage your psyche after you've done something that you know that you weren't supposed to do let's say so like for me if i um, if I know that, that I have a really big thing for work, that I got like accounting or bookkeeping and like I procrastinate and I do something that isn't that and, and, and I cope with, with how I cope, do I belittle myself and hate myself and talk shit about myself when I knew that I, 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 I didn't do what I was supposed to do? Or do I say, ah, whatever, like, you know, just learn from it and move on mm -hmm. kind of thing, right? And I think that's the most important thing is like, how, like what's your self-talk? when you've done something that you know that triggered you and you're like ah fuck so you know what whatever brush it off move on learn from the next thing so i think that's also important exactly because that's what causes all those behavior problems of you're either punishing yourself which sometimes can be punishing yourself with exercise after you know had a holiday mm -hmm. or have an event or something like that or you're too soft on yourself and say, I knew I could never do this anyways. I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to leave it behind. Yeah. You know, there's always somewhere in between that can really be helpful. And this is, um, I think you do, so your coaching, online coaching is a small group, right? So it's kind of, you create a community yeah. of your rebels, right? Which yeah, is yeah. everybody kind of like training together. I think this is so important. I'm a small group coach as well. And I think creating a community and kind of like a support support system, yeah. is, I, I don't like that term, but, you know, people who are there kind of chasing the same thing as you have something in common with you and are encouraging you to keep on going. I think this is what fitness it, it was missing before when yeah. it was just a one-to-one -one or you know yeah. because this is the thing with like crossfit why is it so popular because it created a whole community of people who have similar goals and who have the same drive and then you know that now have something in common which yeah. is basically that that not only for their own health but also for social and mental health and things like that so, you know, making sure that your environment is you're surrounding yourself with people who encourage you to go and do it, who are supportive of you going and do it and who will keep you accountable, most importantly, as well, is a huge thing. I know. I think so, like as much shit talking as I do to like boot camps, circuit training, hit style training uh, classes and CrossFit and all that stuff, as much as I talk shit about them and how dumb it is. The one good thing about that aspect is the mental health and the mental fitness of that yeah. community and that social life. Because I think that's a really key that, point. You know, and, and, and that's why they're still successful, all these boot camps and hit uh, training uh, boutique areas, because they're they're very focused on community and people people have a very poor 
um, group of friends to begin with some, some, some of them, right? Some, some like some need uh, mm. that positive environment around them to see mm -hmm. really good results or to see like a, a change in their mindset because people are stuck, right? People either have an abusive spouse or they have, you know, friends that they've had since high school, but they're not really meshing and they don't vibe well. And like yeah. people, you know, they have made, they might have coworkers as friends, but they're like, yeah. right. It's a very toxic environment for some people and they need exactly. um, that community aspect. It's the thing with Peloton, for example, this talks on Peloton at the start of lockdown was so high because, you know, everybody was at home and that yeah. was the only way that they could exercise. And now they have gone down so much because gyms reopen and people actually mm -hmm. want to be out there. I actually would love to see some data on like how many people are likely to drop out after doing like a at home only on the screen kind of workout compared to the ones ones that go to the gym with other people or take part on classes, even classes or start yeah. uh, working with a coach or something like that. Because obviously if it's just you at home, nobody else looking and what is even the point, you know? So as, as a hard, the dropout yeah. level is a lot higher that way. I, I personally cannot do it by myself at home. I need to be in an environment like a gym to really feel the the energy. I, I'm a big vibes guy. I need yeah. energy. I need emotion. I need I need that intrinsic that you can't really explain it, but you feel it in your mm -hmm. gut when when mm -hmm. you. I I need that to perform really well. If I don't, uh, I better yeah, just sit on the I couch. Think, I think we're all like that, really. Um, and you know, it's it's an important driver, right? So I think to kind of like sum it. Oh, <laughs> we did oh, go into many different rabbit holes there. But I think the important things when uh, setting yourself a goal is to set a date or a deadline, have a structure to follow on the way there. People who will hold you accountable, who will be supportive of your goals, uh, like a support system or a community that has the same things that same goals as you have in common with you you know if it, if it's not natural for you if it's not something that you you go towards look for it online if it's not around you physically look for it online for example right now I, I guess me and Michael we met through this community of coaches mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. are have a lot in common which is we're first of all we're all coaches second we yeah. love training third we share the knowledge with each other and always trying to kind of like not put each other down but just build each other up and you know this is something that over here around me I had a very limited number of people who are, who would actually be there encouraging me on, on my social media who I can go to and talk about training and lifting and things like that whereas online now I think the big biggest benefit of having such big communities online is that you can find people from all of around the world that are doing the same thing as you and that will encourage you to keep going too. I think that's very important. Yeah, that's actually a really good, really good point because in, in, in Windsor, I have absolutely nobody mm -hmm. that I can do what we do with the pre-strip community, right? The fact that you and I can bounce ideas off each other or mm -hmm. hype each other up. And then we have our like Mahan and, you know, Kyle backs, so like, yeah. like they're all like, it's cool to have that because that, makes you feel fulfilled in a certain aspect of your life not not your entire life but mm -hmm. it fills something in your life that kind of motivates you to find other stuff right so i think i feel like all these little bits that you can add to your life that add value to your life yeah. end up making you whole and complete yeah and definitely prioritize your goal so make sure that you know you you, you know that you're gonna have to say no to other things now that you have this goal how important is it to you you know are you willing to commit to it? Are you willing to commit to it for that period of time or in the long term and after that as well? Uh, obviously, be consistent, be accurate with your structure and accurate with the way you follow it. Uh, switch the mindset from a all or nothing to a we're here for it, we're going after it, and no matter what happens, I'm going to keep on track kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that's it. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, and just be honest with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Do, do exactly what you want to do and don't waver from that. You know, 
but find what pulls you in that direction and just keep doing it. Yeah, practice self-awareness. Yeah, just be self-aware. Exactly. It's not, it's not like a, a short and easy process, no. 100%. But, you know, it's a lifetime investment because once you get into it and once you find your passion in it, then it's something that you're not you're never going to go back to the same point is that very corny phrase of a year from now you would wish you started earlier yeah like the the sooner you start and the, and the sooner you, you you stop playing the mind game the sooner you're gonna see results exactly. like just start and then yeah. you'll 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 learn along the way like i mean you and i i mean i've been in this game for 17 years and what I did in the beginning is totally different than what I do now. Like, I have learned so much along the way. You just the more you do, the more. And, and, and I always say this: life goes by so fast. One week flies by, two weeks flies by, a month flies by. So imagine if you stuck for this for four weeks. You know how quick four weeks goes by? Mm-hmm. So fast. Yeah. So you can either be at the same spot and say, "Oh, oh, I want to lose the twenty pounds again this month," or you could just act and start, and you might lose half of what your goal is that month or whatever it is, right? You, you'll be closer towards your goal if you just start. Exactly. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, another successful one. That was good. Uh, plugging your socials again. Where, yeah. where can people find you? Common underscore original. Common is spelled C-O-M-M-X-N underscore original. All right, and mine is at Manu Pozo, M-A-N-U-P-O-Z-O. Okay, I'll see you next week then. Absolutely. Awesome. Cheers. See ya.